Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. into this yeah I, I mean just rip that band-aid off and, and get into it no i mean at this point it's not even like ripping a band-aid off it's like when you get that liquid skin shit but then you realize you applied it wrong but it's already set it hurts it hurts like that okay it's it, it's 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 getting it's getting ridiculous but hey there's there's one little bit of positivity though I'll at least we're not the galaxy Ooh, we're not the, the galaxy yeah, I mean, at least the Galaxy is coming over and talking to their supporters after just constantly letting them down, and uh, that's kind of kind of where yeah, we are, man. But, I mean, at least they had some sort of respect to talk to the the players with some sort of respect rather than, you know, getting the middle finger and hearing a lot of, of words that probably they didn't want to hear, whether they deserved it or not, I mean... Ian Frey is just coming back from how long of being injured and he's getting berated by the fans for being terrible. Like, come on now. Like, got to give the kid a chance. But, yeah, no, give give the Galaxy some credit there. Their fan base and their, you know, higher-ups are actually talking to the fans and not being asked to show some fucking respect. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't All know. All right, fiery. I, I like it. Well, yeah. welcome yeah, back. Yeah. Welcome back. To the Inner Miami podcast, I am Jay Kington, alongside, finally back home, and back with his family, reunited after it seemed like I don't know three weeks or something. Mister Than Harrington, how are you doing, buddy? I was getting used to that bachelor life, my guy. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I come back home and I uh, don't know how to reintegrate myself with the family. It's uh, it was good, you know. California was what it was. Uh, obviously, coming home to South Florida was fantastic. Had a great time down there, and now I'm uh, back in the 717, getting back to the swing of things, getting back into the soccer dad lifestyle for the end of the season, and uh, looking forward to that summer, man. And shout out Riley for scoring a nice goal yesterday, playing through a fever, I hear. Dude, 104, and that peaked up to 106, and then back down to 100. He uh, fought him tooth and nail to make sure he didn't go out. He had his uniform on, had his cleats on. His mom had to hide his cleats. I had to hide his bag. And, uh, yeah, he, he got pissed off, and he went and watched soccer all day long. So he's got that dog in him. Yeah, happy for him. He scored a great goal. And, uh, yeah, it's probably the only bit of positivity when it comes to uh, soccer I've got besides the United Champions League. So I'll Yeah, yeah. So I guess let's uh, address that, that elephant in the room due to um, just a hell of a work, travel, lifestyle that you had to endure here for these past three weeks, compiled by a just horribly pitiful month of football, which, uh, you know, did not really 
inspire me to go find any any guests to swoop in. Uh, I just waiting for you to return to we just cover this uh, tumultuous month uh, season experience. Fourth year in a row, man. Just getting getting used to this feeling, and it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. But uh, finally, happy to have you back. And I don't really know of the easy way to get into this, man. I mean, the last game we covered was 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 the um, coming off the six game losing streak, right, against uh, Columbus, and uh, that was right after we advanced. I'm not going to say win because we all know people get pissy because it's not technically winning, but advanced in PKs against Miami FC way back so many rounds ago in the Open Cup. Feels like a, a six months ago, but it was. Literally a month ago. Um, and then we walk into this month, and, like, we felt maybe everything was turning around. We've gone through these little losing streaks in the past, and we kind of hit our winning streak. And it kind of continued right into that month, right? We had Ramos come down, come back to uh, to Florida after he uh, resigned his fandom and citizenship as an Inter-Miami fan, went up to Atlanta. So he came down feeling all cocky. Mm, that was a good Two one win by the club. I was like, damn, all right. Like we're in good form now. Phil, Phil knows what he's doing. Phil is a competent coach. Phil can handle the locker room. Play against the Charleston Battery in the Open Cup. Knock them out. Ugly game. Basically an own goal. Ball kicked off homie's face into his own net. Felt really bad for that guy. Uh, and then we go play the New England Revolution, beat them 2-1, which honestly, uh, at that time, New England was top of the table in the East. And I didn't really see us winning that game, but damn, it felt good. Felt like the the, the, the boys were on the right track. It's about five five games uh, winning and or uh, advancing uh, in that little streak there. And then the world came crashing down. And just like those shifty, shifty, picky, picky, South Florida fans, man, they'll turn on you in a heartbeat. We go out and get basically murdered by Nashville, 2-1. Um, nothing, nothing pretty in that game. And that was just uh, basically a lone consolation goal at the very end by Dixon Arroyo with, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 seconds left in the game. Completely manhandled that game. Back to reality, back to where we were. Anyway, we keep it in good spirits, though, because we got Orlando – city coming down we got club mickey mouse coming down to the drive pink we got to defend this house and guess who else is coming down none other than than harrington for than fest 2023 let's just stop the pain right here before we continue how was than fest 2023 from your side from your experience because i had a blast i know a lot of the uh the fans the listeners the pod squad general homies we have around the uh the team uh all enjoyed that time how was it for you buddy yeah i mean it's fantastic as always you know i always love coming down being able to get to see the guys um we had a good time drinks were flowing um my body hurt for about two weeks or about a week i would say after playing 120 minutes of soccer at six foot four and 340 pounds i did not sub off um definitely had a great time at the pickup game if you haven't taking part in one please make sure you sign up for the next one it was a great time uh you know got to meet a few different people from the club uh, shout out to adri from the inner miami foundation always takes care of me with certain things uh club related so you know i was glad to get to meet her and uh got to got to see johnny sergeant siege himself smash through a table i know we're catching some hell <laughs> looking like buffalo but you know what it is what it is let us have our moments of joy hey views are um, views baby 
right. user views. The user views, man. They they can yeah, talk, I mean, they can talk crap all they want. Look look at the views on that video. Yeah, it, I think I just checked. It reached nine hundred and seventy five percent more people than any of our other videos. So yeah, because we'll take that absolute degenerate idiots. We, that's, yeah, that's it. We that, may that, have all uh, had, sports fans. We may have all had a few drinks in our system at that point. But you know, uh, you know, big shout out Jim Anderson, our good friend, flew in from Arizona also to partake in this. Um, he got a better welcome to the stadium than I ever did. I never got a tifo. I never got a smoke bomb. I never got any of the streamers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got beer thrown on me, which is always a tradition here at Drive Pink. It's it's a, it's a great time, and uh, yeah, I was more happy for him that he got to live through the entire experience in one shot because it's not as easy for him to get from Arizona to here as it is for me to get down there. So, um, yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, always love coming down. Tried to get Lucy to come back next weekend for dollar tickets, and uh, she shot that down pretty quickly. So. <laughs> How are you? Uh- how is your body feeling? I mean, I know you're more physical than probably the rest of us that were out there uh, on, on the pitch for two consecutive hours. I, I subbed off, I think, for maybe, maybe five times, and we were talking about it because some of the, the, the individuals we played with were, uh, were sitting by us for the, uh, for the Open Cup game, and they're like, yo, are you guys still sore? And we're like, everyone's like, yes, all of us. So imagine me playing that. And then hopping in my car to get to the airport, sitting at the airport, and then sitting on a plane for two and a half hours. I woke up the next morning wondering what bus hit me Mm -hmm. and then had to go to work that night. Uh, There was no walking to be had. I drove around my entire warehouse in a golf cart. Uh, (laughs) I was not getting out. Uh, If somebody needed me to come closer, I just pulled the golf cart closer. Uh, It wasn't happening. Uh, But yeah, extremely sore. but I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was a great time. That's Absolutely what happens when a bunch of washed-up has-beens try and get out there, dust off the the old cleats, get back into the glory days, man. That was a really, really fun time. Enjoyed it. Um, all right, so we'll we'll finish up with the uh, the positives on uh, on that night. Anyway, results-wise, at least Jim got a true inner Miami experience by just a frustrating murder session in our own backyard, getting smacked by. Orlando, man, that was uh, that was really tough to swallow. And I think that's when that's when Neville lost the probably the most fans he's he's ever lost. That's when the tides seemed to be turning. Started to see social media be a lot more active. Start, started to see the community's Photoshop skills um, get put to the test in in a bunch of of stuff out there, and uh, kind of reflected on the following game, which was that Open Cup game uh, against Nashville with a really light crowd at the stadium man is it um i don't know if there's any coming back from that orlando loss seems like the tactics are way off the substitutes the three defenders the dying embers of the game when you're down was still really off i mean leo did have a banger in that game but mm-hmm. were you uh were you officially hashtag neville out after that moment I, i've been hashtag neville out for a while um I mean, you and I looked at each other, and I, I remember talking to you saying, what is he doing bringing three defensive subs in when it is 2-1 to your rival? Like, you don't just throw that game away. You, if you want to try and keep the fan base, you don't throw a rivalry game away. Like, if, if they did that in La Liga or League uh, League One or Serie A or EPL, the manager would be a, under a lot more scrutiny than what Neville is right now. I don't think he'd be here if this is European football. I mean, that is, that is like, imagine 
Chelsea United putting on, you know, three defenders when trying to go for the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, unless it's Harry Maguire who can score in literally any net known to man. But <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's Ch- just... Chelsea had three coaches this season. Like it's yeah. perform or get fired. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and they still it, sucked. I mean, hell, even uh, Munich's coach just won Bundesliga and then he got axed immediately after receiving his winner's medal. So yep, yep. it's one of those things like, uh, I don't know. The biggest frustration for me, like I said, is you can't just throw that game away. And then the fans, I know I was a little critical about some of their choice of words and who they were directing it to, but they were partially right in displaying their extreme frustration towards the club. We all came to that game. We all, like, it was probably one of the more full experiences I've had at the stadium in terms of fan capacity. Mm -hmm. And you could tell that the, the, the team had the support of the fans. And with that move right there, you signified that that game did not matter. Therefore, the fans' feelings towards that game shouldn't matter. And the North stand erupted. It was an absolute cry for blood. I I would believe it's uh, it's amazing that there hasn't been more damage control uh, over just the lack of quality tactical changes and substitutions that Phil has made. Uh, I'm surprised, honestly, he's still here. But at the same time, as I said before, who's going to replace him? I know Jason could step in and do it. Uh, Fatty, he's not doing too hot right now with with the Inter Miami two. Uh, do you want to roll the dice with that? Do you want to try and grab somebody off the European market now that the season's come and gone? Uh, as much as I've joked, Nagelsmann, he's still available. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that, I, I as I said before, I like Phil. I, I've always liked him since I watched him through my childhood as a United player and even watching him as, at Everton. But I, I have to take that part aside, the nostalgia part, and set it aside and look at it factually based off of what we have in front of us as fans of the game. It, this is not doing it. This is not going to do it. This is not going to be the solution going forward. We need to make that change sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I I, I always like to tell myself, like, I'm not a superstitious person. But, like, they kicked that fan out of the mm-hmm. North Stand with the Orlando City hat on. Like, dude was probably kind of there just to kind of do a light troll over everyone. But there is a, a, a policy that you have to be wearing either team colors or team gear. You can't wear any opposing colors. And that that's that's the club's rule that is, you know, reinforced with the supporters up there. Uh, the supporters are giving them a hard time. And then security actually got up there and was like, no, you can't be up here with that. You have to leave. And, you know, kicked him out. Everyone cheered or whatever. And I was like, man, that might be like, we might have just shot ourselves in the foot. There might be some karma out there coming back. And game was ugly. Game was ugly. Uh, I'm not going to say that that karma came back. I'm not going to say that Phil might have kind of played a weaker roster because I think he realizes the Open Cup is probably the only way he can save his season. But. There are many people out there, and there's a strong case that would suggest with the substitutes. And, you know, to be fair, we do have a not incredibly deep roster. But with those substitutes specifically, I think that his focus was on the following week against Nashville. Again, we played um, the game prior to that. We were sandwiched, basically sandwiching Orlando in two Nashville games, one regular season and one Open Cup. And got murdered by Nashville, but then we have them again uh, in the Open Cup the next round. What do you, uh, what do you have? Well, I was going to say, shout out to Chris Allen. 
he showed more athleticism than some of the players did on the field that game. Yep. Uh, bounding by four steps at a time, getting up to that Orlando fan. Uh, definitely was trying to prevent a bloodbath either way. So shout out to our main man, Chris Allen. Always there for the fans. Absolutely lovely. The man is the uh, Spider-Man in the North Stands. Yeah, I mean, he was he was like Million Dollar Man. Like I said, five, four or five steps at a time. But... Yeah, no, shout out to him. It was probably one of the brighter moments of the game, too. Um, but, yeah, talking about Nashville, um, we we started moving towards that game. I think you and I had a little bit of a, I don't know what's going to happen here because, you know, Nashville pretty much bossed us around, what, a week earlier. Uh, it wasn't really And even. basically every game we played them in, except I think yeah. one, one game we'd, we'd won prior to this or something. Yeah, yeah, so I think we're two for eight against nashville so and you know they came in there kind of thinking we were a joke they they had honey uh on the bench they had alex moy on the bench um they had some other their kind of starters uh on the bench for this game so they were kind of thinking this would be easy uh we did play better i'm not gonna say we played like amazing or anything um first half is basically just like um you know whatever let's fool each other out their B team versus whatever A team we could throw together because, again, this is the only way Phil's really going to be able to save his seasons. I mean, it, he came out strong with Campana and, and Martinez up, up top. and um, But really, you know, didn't, they didn't contribute to, to, to the goals necessarily. It was a really a strange kind of instead of going the overlapping run, you take the inside run. Uh, Franco Negri gets a, a cheeky little chip. Um to, to, to score the first one and everyone get really excited We're like wow dude like we actually maybe we we have a chance maybe we have a chance and then Nashville realized like yeah all right let's go ahead and put on our real players <laughs> honey comes in uh alex mule comes in um there's one other person that they subbed on um it was a uh, love it's for uh for jack mayer and uh it was like literally 30, maybe 45 seconds after that, and a cross comes in, and Alex Mule just heads it in. Like, just comes right off the bench. That might have been his first touch. Just leveled up, and and then everyone, I think, probably just thought the same thought. Oh, like, okay, fun's over. The starters are here. The real Nationals here. We're going to get murdered again. But by the graces of the South Florida gods, cue in the thunder. Cue in the lightning. Let's just delay this game. I don't even know exactly what minute uh, it, it was delayed, but uh, it was a solid little, what, 30-minute delay there? Enough time yeah, for a lot of fans the, to leave and get back home. It was around the 70th, 71st minute, I do remember, because I had to start getting ready for work at that point, and uh, I put it on in my car after the fact. So, yeah, it was uh, well-timed South Florida. Uh, extra time break, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Uh, you know, our resident weatherman, the traveler, said, nah, we should be okay for kickoff. Nah, it should be all right. And then all of a sudden, you just watch the radar, and this little storm went boop, yep. right, right by drive pink. So, <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, it, it is safe to say, at least in my opinion, that that rain delay kept the momentum for Inter-Miami or helped reestablish the momentum for Inter-Miami because this was – seriously going Nashville's way very yeah. very quickly I'd say stopped I, I would argue probably more stopped the the momentum of Nashville by having that that 30 minute um delay and it was a, a basically a free very extended timeout like okay they just put on their 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 real threats they scored within you know a minute 
of, of subbing them on, like let's regroup, get it back together. So, uh, the delay, uh, and they decide to make another move. They bring in five off Picole for, uh, Randall Liao. And, um, then, then I, man, just, just, just magic happens. Just, just literally magic happens. The man that so many fans have been complaining about this season and Stefanelli, the man who everyone expected so much more that he might possibly be a 10 for us or at least contribute to goals. And I think everyone has felt very let down by that signing. I've heard some people say it was probably um, the worst signing we made uh, of this previous uh, year. So anyway, he gets a nice little breakaway, does not hesitate to shoot, uh, rips it from the right side of, uh, of the box, goes in. Holy crap. Now what do we do? What does it remind me to do when we're up? Bunker down, baby. Bunker down. Fast forward through all this. Uh, we hold on, man. We hold on to advance. First time in club history, making it past the round of 16. So now we're going into the round of eight. Had to wait a day um, for the uh, the other games to, to finish out. But there were some you know, pretty pretty awesome games, uh, I thought, in terms of the, uh, the Open Cup. Um, and now here we are going against the mighty, mighty, what is it? Birmingham, Birmingham Legion. Yep. Birmingham Legion, sir. Yep. That shows you how much I know about them. They're a soccer team in Birmingham. Good on ya. Good on ya. And, um, so we got that, what, June 7th. So, um, not, yeah. Crazy. I don't know, man. Crazy. And, now it looks like the only real threat, oh, I say that, I just shot ourselves in the foot, but the biggest threat in our side of the bracket yep. is going to be FC Cincinnati. Um, we took down Red Bulls in a, I don't know, uh, controversial game, no call, penalty laid there uh, at the end. But, hey, you know what? Is that enough for the fans to say, hey, Phil knows what he's doing. Phil's our guy. No, they don't even care. Who cares about it being the first time we're making it to the round of eight? Who cares about advancing and really legit having an outside shot to make it to the finals? Who cares? We still hate Phil. That was the message I was seeing from the community. Warranted? Uh, I, th I think so. I think it's warranted. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. The U.S. Open Cup is one of those cups that unlike in england unlike in france spain germany w this cup is based around where you're at on the table and who you're going to start at that time you're not going to constantly get your full strength squads uh which was very criticized in the la galaxy lafc matchup uh that's why i think i'm not overly concerned about cincy i mean since he's doing well in the league they might want to not want to risk it and let's be honest the riverhounds are playing very tough they were the other cup set uh in the last round so Took uh, down columbus yeah 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 and that, that game was cagey it was fun uh you know so shout out to the relatively local team pittsburgh riverhounds for making that cup set happen do we know but, if that game I'll find out. Is that at Pittsburgh Stadium? Pittsburgh has a it is in TQL. Such a, a beautiful stadium. That sucks. That really does suck because they have such a beautiful stadium. Like small, intimate, on the water. Damn. All right. Fair enough. So we are the only MLS side playing in a USL stadium this round. <laughs> that makes so, sense. yeah. But I'll tell you what. 
if you have the chance, if you're up this way, go to the Pittsburgh Stadium for the Riverhounds. Catch a match. Absolutely gorgeous stadium. Uh, most of the stadiums in Pittsburgh have phenomenal scenery. So, you know, go catch go catch a game. It, it's absolutely beautiful up there. But, uh, yeah, we got Birmingham. Again, I'm with you. Don't know much about them, but uh, should be a good match. I mean, they're, they're coming out for blood uh, and last year proved to most folks with uh, Sacramento Republic that you cannot take these teams for granted. You cannot, you cannot. And uh, just to give everyone a kind of clear insight. So uh, Tuesday, June 6th, it's going to be F Cincinnati at the river or playing the river hounds at TQL. Like you just said, Chicago fire will be playing Houston dynamo at seat geek stadium uh, in Chicago or Bridgeview, technically. Uh, Birmingham Legion will take on Inter-Miami at the Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. And then the uh, last game of that round of eight is Real Salt Lake versus LA Galaxy. So, like, <laughs> what are we looking at here? This is a very interesting team of, I mean, uh, <laughs> just is anyone above the playoffs? This whole... This whole Cincy, Cincy, yeah, sorry, sorry. Cincy is the only MLS team above the playoffs, unless I have this wrong with Houston. Yeah, okay, so Houston's right above there too. Okay, but they're they're Chicago, Inter Miami, and uh, LA Galaxy. Do we really have any right being this far in a tournament? Who knows? I mean, at least we're not like uh, Ricky Puy going and celebrating against a bunch of teenagers like he's Lionel Messi throwing his jersey up like that. So, yeah, at least we have some sort of. Uh, I don't know. Dignity. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how much that holds up. Um, I don't know. I was, uh, part of me wanted Birmingham to beat Columbus, but part of me wanted Columbus to win because if we had much rather lose to an MLS team than a USL team, I feel like that is just a, another embarrassment, uh, too far, but we got Would a few be, games. I, I, because <laughs> a, after last year, after all of the USL upsets of MLS, clubs last year i don't think it's that shocking anymore like i was i was happy the riverhounds did it i wasn't shocked that the legion did it because you know like okay my case for for cincinnati and riverhounds right since he's sitting in first with a healthy lead and only one loss in the season do you really think they're going to want to put that at risk by playing all their starters against Bur- or uh, against pittsburgh no but cincinnati is like <sighs> We are the new FC Cincinnati, right? They had just, what, five years of pain, like no trophies, wooden spoons only. So I, they, I think they probably want to get their first real piece of hardware. Like our only piece of hardware is from a preseason Carolina Champions Cup tournament we made up with literally like Charleston Battery and Charlotte FC. I don't know. I, I think Cincinnati might roll out, you know, their bench, but if they're not – winning or feeling comfortable by like minute 50 or 60, I think they're probably going to bring on most of their, their heavy hitters. Like, you know, I think they might have Luciano on the, on the, the bench, but I think they'll bring him in probably bring in Vasquez. If, if they're not scoring, they might give their youngsters uh, a shot. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Still got a little bit of football uh, in between them. Well, why don't we refocus, sir, on, on what matters most? Why don't we refocus on the game that was Montreal and our reunion with Bryce and Ari Lasseter? Yeah, and uh, I saw Bryce's post like big win, big win last night, Blue Heart. I was just like, oh man, that hurts. 
That hurts, Bryce. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, okay, just turn the knife a little bit, a little bit deeper there. I appreciate it. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, where do you wanna, where do you wanna get it, bro? Just like horrible. Yeah, I mean, pretty tactics, much horrible, boring, defending, horrible. It seemed like all of the heat maps of the players were in our own halves. Our attackers playing more as midfielders. Midfielders playing more as defense. We have no 10. We have no creation. What did you see yeah, out there? I mean, uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, our, our lack of 10, again, shown pretty brightly. Um, you know, for giving positives to opposing players, Bryce looked good. You can't say he didn't. He had some phenomenal passes, some great runs. Um it, the first half itself was pretty blase. There wasn't really a whole whole heck of a lot going on. Uh, Ibrahim had some great runs for Montreal. Uh, all four had some great runs. Victor Wanyama looked like he turned back the clock, honestly. Uh, he looked like his old self. So, yeah, uh, we looked like we didn't know what day of the week it was, honestly. Uh, you know, even... For the first time in a while, Benja looked rough. He was getting bodied. He was getting pushed off the ball at every moment. The physicality of the game was ahead of him for once. So, I don't know. It's one of those things that Phil probably did the best of with what he had. Looking down through the subs that he had. I mean, he had... Uh, he had Joseph, he had Stefanelli, McVeigh, Borgelin. He actually had LaCava. He had uh, Harvey, Noah Allen, and Ryan Saylor. So there's only so much you can really do with that. Um, second half came out. We fell asleep at the wheel. All four strikes uh, within the uh, 53rd minute uh, off of a, an assist from Ari Lasseter. Yeah. Go figure. Just add the pain. Uh, Sprinkle it on. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, uh, Stefanelli for Frey, Joseph Martinez for Campana, and Borgelin for Robbie Taylor. Uh, I will shout out Ian Frey. Uh, he was very, very vocal about being pissed off that he was being subbed. Uh, he was arguably probably one of our better midfielders this day. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of scratching my head at the substitution. Yeah, I know Stefanelli's a potential bigger offensive threat, but as they're ramming the ball down our throat in the midfield, you might want to keep somebody with a little more oomph on their body. So And playing him, I mean, playing him as a CDM, right, when he is a defender. I mean, we, we know Phil loves playing people out of position, but <laughs> for lack of better options with the injuries to, to Moda and Gregory, like, I'm perfectly fine with Ray being a, a CDM for us. I think he's probably the best-suited to score in terms of uh, defenders we have, uh, speaking about their feet specifically, not just well, you know headers or, or don't, size. Don't forget, don't forget Dixon Royo's banger a couple weeks ago. So no, I'm saying, I mean, oh he's no, got I'm, but but I, I'm sorry, I, I'm talking about d defenders, not midfielders, and I consider Royo uh -huh. as a, a defensive midfielder, but I'm talking about true, you know, uh, backs, and that's gotcha. what Frey is. Yeah, yeah. We've seen him do some dirty feet moves, feet work, footwork. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, what was that last season right before he got injured? Uh, so he's definitely got potential. I, you know, Hey, put him in the midfield. We need, we need people that are a little more confident and, uh, can do, can do more impressive things with their feet because man, the lack of runs we make, the lack of support we're giving each other. We're all just standing around. Someone will get forward. There'll be no one around them. We need as, as much, as much positivity as we can find. 
And um, again, with no Greg Riamoto, I think well, that's probably going to be our, our, our guy moving forward. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Ian's looking pretty good right now. Uh, hopefully we don't have a decimation of our back line, which requires him to go back and play. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully he continues to grow in that spot. We desperately need it. And it'll save us from having to splash some cash on a CDM later on down the road if uh, we need a new partner for Gregory or if Arroyo doesn't pan out or if an injury you know, destroys what we have left. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't think we can do another injury, my friend. Um, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go out and play CDM if we have to, but, <laughs> you know, please, please, please don't expect anything out of me. And, um, yeah, so that basically, um, yeah, without going into – very deep detail on any of those painful games of that uh, horrible month of May we just experienced. Uh, we must look to the future this Wednesday. Oh, God, it's still a game in May. For some reason, I thought it was going to be like June 1. May 31st, though, Wednesday, taking on New York Red Bulls at home. I would say, I would like to say we got a decent shot. Got a decent shot. New York's been struggling a lot this season, but so have we. But, uh, I'm curious to see what happens because there were some chances that were starting to come out during the 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 Nashville game right after um, the three one loss to to Orlando um, with some not too fond words involving Phil Neville. So I'm I'm very curious to see what the response is like. There haven't been a lot of fans of the Open Cup games because they're midweek. I don't know if we're going to get a lot of fans for a regular season game, just considering our form, but also uh, being midweek. But uh, you're so well-versed in the Red Bulls, buddy. How do you think we're going to? So the Red Bulls, uh, you know, we're statistically right there with them. We have one sh- uh, one goal per game to their 0.7, 1.3 against to their 0.9. We're sitting at 82% passing percentage against uh, their 70%. Shots is 10.7 to 13.3 per game. Shots against is 8.6 to 4.6. Injuries and drama have been the name of the game for the Red Bulls this season. Uh, I have on good authority that Lewis might be coming back here this game or the next. He's been out with a massive hip flexor injury, which only adds to the dangerous attack that Red Bull are starting to find. Uh, in terms of wins and losses, they've had some heartbreaks. So it could be anybody's ball game. I like our chances, but I'm not trying to get my hopes up too high. Yep. Going to continue to be a tough stretch as well because uh, that following weekend we'll be playing D.C. United also uh, at home. So, um, you know, this could get out of control real quick. It, it really will to be dependent on how the players respond. Um if Phil can do anything, I, I'm not even sure if he can do do much at this point. And I know that that probably sounds harsh, but this is just a brutal game of, I mean, how many is that? What, like, what is that? Nine games in just just over a month. It's like every almost two games a week. It's it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. Hard for a team like this um, to really come back and find themselves in just such a gauntlet. So. We'll see, and then we'll roll into well, the Open Cup, but could get and, could and get out of control here in this month as well. To be fair to that, one of the one of the things you can always do as a barometer is to check the ticket prices for matches that are coming up, yep. and to see how the fans feel. I'm not going to give the app away because I know some of our folks use it and they they love the uh, prices for these tickets. But I'm scrolling through the Red Bulls uh, upcoming game on Wednesday, and I'm seeing one dollar, two dollar. 
And I'm talking like section 113, section 119, uh, section 126, decently close to the field too, $4, $5. Like that's not good. (laughs) That is not a good barometer uh, reading for the, the club. Hopefully the club's reading into it. But I mean, like that's just our home games. Away games are still, I'm seeing 26, 35, 28. St. Louis, for whatever reason, $103. Okay, I see you. Um, but all of our home games are going for under $10 right now starting. For a major league sport. That's <laughs> absurd. It is, but. Absolutely absurd. The fans will speak with their wallet. Well, and I wish they would speak for their wallet on away games because I would like to be able to afford some of those tickets for the away games. Please and thank you. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a rough look right now. And you have to think the Moss brothers have to be scrambling to figure out what their next move is. Uh, we all know Bex hasn't been in town. And when he is in town, he's not at Drive Pink. So it's one of those things that the the cracks are starting to really show uh we thought that we had a good you know solid foundation with hendo he's doing everything he can but he's only one man the moss brothers uh it was really frustrating for me to see that they were at uh with rails zargola or whatever the hell we have a partnership with in you know in la liga it's focus on the club that you need to be focusing on don't be focusing on our partnership club which has no real ramifications to you, if Inter Miami goes under, we are in a deep, deep. Well, I mean, we're all looking for a different club at that point, but they're in a deep, deep financial situation. So, I don't know. I, I know my frustration is boiling through. It's tough. I mean, it's really tough to to stay positive, and a lot of the fans are are turning. And I mean, we're going to get to a pretty ugly point. Um, I'm not sure. We we return from it if in unless. Phil goes, but I don't know who they'll replace him with. And, again, t- a tough stretch. Yeah, so just looked it up. So literally 10 games in a month and one day, right? So we started the games in May on the 6th. Um, it'll be 10 games by June 7th. So just a onslaught of games, and it really doesn't doesn't let up from there. So we had to get this over with. We had to cover all these losses, all this poor form. Only positives we really have are going to be in the Open Cup play, which that could be reversed with just one loss to a USL team. And uh, this is, again, I, I've said it, um, it's it's strange. I think some people don't even want us to win the Open Cup because if they do, they know that Phil will somehow stay on. Someone said something very accurately funny on, I don't know, can't remember which social media platform it was, but it was like, it's it's crazy that Phil will like lose all, loses all these games but somehow finds a way to just win enough to, to stop from being fired or, or prevent himself from being fired. And like, that's literally what it is. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we got to hope it's, for the best. It's either that, it's either that, or they keep trying to call David Beckham and he's just not responding, or he's not responding to their text. Like, hey, yeah, sorry, not my problem. I wish Beckham was more involved than he is. Um, I think everyone was expecting David Beckham to be more involved when, when during the formation of this, the first few seasons, and now it seems like David is very rarely ever. Um, and you know, this may be from more of an outsider standpoint, right? But like, very 
rarely involved with with the club's decisions. He seems to come back and take photos of himself on the training ground if he's like back in town for like you know Mark Anthony's wedding or like Miami F one weekend. Obviously, it's David Beckham. He's a global brand. He's a just a superstar. Um, but damn, man, I thought there's gonna be some more love shown to the to the squad, and I feel like there's uh, a little bit of responsibility that uh, that could have could fall on him as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he needs to be able to hold himself accountable for this. He needs to be able to take the reins back and say, okay, this is not what I wanted when I put this into my contract to come over to the Galaxy, and I need to make amends ASAP. Agreed. Agreed. So let's move on from this sad story. Do we have any positive news going on in the club that you want to discuss? Yeah, so the Inter-Miami Academy, uh, those boys have been on fire lately. Uh, I do believe uh, they have won each of their respective MLS next uh, MLS next divisions. They did U13, U14, U15, and U16 all won their divisions. Um, U13, they scored a total of 56 points in 22 games, registering 18 wins, two losses, and two draws. The U14 was unbeaten, unbeaten in 24 league games. Dang. 20 wins, two draws for a total of 64 points. Finished seven points clear from second place, Weston FC. Now, hold on to that thought real quick. 24 games unbeaten, and you only finish seven points clear. That's absurd. That shows how quality, uh, how good Weston is, first off. So, shout out to Weston. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, awesome for the U14s. U15s, they finished with 27 points, eight wins, four losses, three draws. And uh, they moved on to the MLS next playoffs. Uh, U16, uh, they also remained unbeaten with 21 points from six wins and three draws. They will also partake in the MLS next cup. And the U17 had a record of five wins, seven losses, three draws for a total of 18 points. And were the only side to not make it to the MLS next cup playoffs. But hey. We had four other teams make it, so it is what it is. We're looking pretty decent. Um, And then we had a few call-ups. Shout-out to our favorite Ukrainian, Sergei, getting the call-up for the Ukrainian national team. Good Anya, well-deserved. I think everybody's happy about that. Uh, And then Gabrielle Florentino was called up for the U.S. Soccer Boys U14 Talent ID Camp. So not necessarily a preliminary roster, but he's getting scouted for potential uh, going forward. So shout out to him. Shout out to David Ruiz and Eddie Ascona for international play as well. I do believe that Eddie Ascona scored the first U20 uh, goal for his country. Uh, it was their first goal period. So shout out to him. And then Ruiz had another one goal, one red card stat line in his game. Uh, slowly becoming a favorite of mine. Give me some more of those red cards. Let's Let's bring some fight onto the field. He's got that fire uh, in him. He's got that something in him, and he might have Phil's foot up his ass if he doesn't start calming down a (laughs) tiny bit. But, hey, it's what it is. Finally, last piece of information for you. Inter-Miami FC2 comes up short on the road against the Revs. Uh, Inter-Miami 2 looked like they were coming back, and they have now stumbled to a three-win, six-loss, one-draw record. Uh, Looks like... We were playing pretty tough, and 
you know, unfortunately gave up a goal early on and just could not find that momentum going forward. Uh, final death blow to them in this game was a 57th minute red card to Farid Sarsar. Left them pretty stretched thin, so... At least it's not the first team. Yeah, it's just not the first team. At least it's not just, yeah. I don't know. We have the academy. That's the only thing we can really prop ourselves on. We have the academy. We got the academy, and we, so in you know four more years, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking pretty if we can not lose all of our fans by that time. It would be ideal. Chivas 2.0, baby. Here we come. Yep. Yep. Well. That's all we got for the lovely month of May. I hope you enjoyed your time off and your travels because we're going to be back at it at our regular schedule. So thank you for hanging with us, sticking through this brutally painful, painful string of results here. But we'll be back as always. If you don't already, check us out on social media, on Instagram at Intermimi Podcast, on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. Shout out to La Familia always. And as we end every single episode, Bamo Miami. Bamo Miami. <laughs>